Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of AUSU Open Mic. My name is Jody Campbell. I'm your executive director here at AUSU, and uh, we've got a really cool episode today because we're going to be talking about the upcoming federal election. Uh, it's going to be taking place on September 20th. We have some amazing guests joining us today. And uh, first, I want to welcome Christian Fotang, is, uh, who is the director of advocacy at CASA. Uh, but I guess your primary role is the, the VP external at the University of Alberta Students' Union. And uh, as the director of advocacy, he is the elected official most responsible for the Get Out the Vote campaign, uh, which is happening within uh, CASA. Maybe I will also note with the, with the amount of uh, acronyms that we chuck around here, that CASA is the Canadian Alliance of Student Associations and is a federal advocacy group here that AUSU is a member of. And um, of course, uh, continuing to talk about Christian, um, actively engaged in running the get out the vote uh, on your own campus at the U of A. And uh, so we're going to be getting to know Christian a little bit uh, more as the, as the podcast goes along. We've also got Jared Maltez, uh, who is the government and stakeholder relations officer for CASA, uh, which is a staff position and is jointly responsible for executing the get out the vote campaign uh, along with the rest of the staff at the head office. And, uh, uh, apparently, uh, Duncan also mentioned to me that you're a Maple Leafs fan, and so you, you technically have never experienced real joy. So I, I found that that was a pretty funny way of uh, introducing you, Jared. But how are you guys doing today? Doing pretty well. Thank you, Jody. Thank you for having us on. Yeah, I'm doing well as well. Thanks for having us on, Jody, and uh, and the whole team at AUSU. Um, you know, just enjoy my summer running this Get Out the Vote campaign and praying <laughs> the Maple Leafs can have a better year this year than last. <laughs> well, maybe we'll see if we can talk hockey at the end of this, but uh, definitely, uh, definitely fantastic to have you guys join us. And of course, last but certainly not least, uh, we have our friend Duncan Watasik, who is the governance and advocacy coordinator here at AUSU and uh, our resident expert when it comes to elections and all things political. So uh, Duncan, great to have you with us again, as always. Yeah, it's great being here. So like I said, um, today we're here to talk about the upcoming federal election, uh, which will be taking place on September 20th. Canadians were actually scheduled to go to the polls in October of 2023, uh, four years after the last federal election. Now, we know that a prime minister may request that an election take place before the end of the allotted four-year term. And recently, that's exactly what Prime Minister Justin Trudeau did. Uh, requesting that newly appointed Governor General Mary Simon move the move to dissolve Parliament and trigger an election. So, gentlemen, maybe just the start of why are we having an election now? Um, and maybe we can also talk about you know why during you know during a pandemic as well. But specifically, why are we having an election right now? And Jared, maybe we'll start with you, and we could go over to Christian, and then uh, Duncan, you can chime in as well. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Jody. And uh, I just want to say I'm very happy to be here on behalf of CASA and uh, CASA Home Office in Ottawa. But we are in a minority government. Well, we were in a minority government setting. And uh, as you say, a federal election was not scheduled until 2023. Um, but it's not completely unexpected that we're in an election right now. Um, in 2019, the Liberal Party was re-elected, but with a minority mandate. So that just yeah. means that they control the plurality of seats in the House of Commons rather than a majority of seats. So they really had to rely on another uh, one of the opposition parties 
Um, well, well, that might sound like a preferable dynamic to many people uh, out, outside of the House of Commons. Uh, minority government dynamics to last roughly 16 months in Canada is about the average. So uh, it's not unexpected, really, that we're in an election right now. I th- and Christian, uh, any thoughts from your side? No, I think Jared put it uh, perfectly uh, in the minority setting. And it's it's tricky for, you know, the government to want to get their agenda passed and a lot to work with different parties. Um, I think when you ask a lot of regular Canadians, uh, you know, why there's an election, like uh, they don't have as much of a, that, that like specific, like knowledge on it. I remember having a conversation with my mother. She's like, didn't we just have another election recently? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't make, it's one of those, like, I don't make the rules, you know, I just, I just work here kind of situation. <laughs> and I'm just a, I'm just a taxpayer. So, um, you know, we election is called and it's just, it's our civic duty to just, you know, show up to the polls and determine the future of our country. Yeah, thanks for that. You know, Jared just mentioned, you know, nonpartisan and and I and I know that whether it's CAS or whether it's our individual student unions, um, Duncan, I'm going to come over to you and, hmm. and maybe just give us a little taste of, you know, what does it mean to be nonpartisan and why is it important for both CASA and whether it's AUSU or the U of A, uh, for that matter, which is where Christian's at, uh, to be and remain nonpartisan? You know, here at AUSU, we represent about 40,000 students. And and Jared and Christian, in their roles with CASA, they represent hundreds of thousands of post-secondary students. And and the reality is, is that our students don't all think the same. We're not some mass voting block that all thinks the same way. We represent students from all political stripes. As well, the reality when, after the election is done, we're going to have to work with whomever Canadians send into government and as well as whomever Canadians send into opposition. It's far easier for for us to do our jobs and bring forth your concerns as students if we're not painted with uh, a partisan stripe. Now, nonpartisan doesn't mean apolitical. Um, (laughs) The three of us could engage in in talking about politics till till our listeners decide to turn off their uh, their their phones. (laughs) I guarantee that Uh, we have really deep and important thoughts when it comes to both the political process and especially post-secondary education. But in order to bring those views forward to government and decision makers, it's really important that we're seen as, you know, honest brokers of our research and our students' opinions. And that means not wading into that muck uh, of partisanship, as well as I, I just don't think that's reflective of what our students elected our student leaders to want us to do. I don't think they elected us to be cheerleaders of party A versus party B. I think they want us to bring our concerns regardless of who's in power. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So earlier on during our introductions, we were talking about Get Out the Vote, uh, GOTV, another acronym for you. Um, But Get Out the Vote has been something that's been around for a little while, and it's been an amazing initiative to really communicate to students how important it is to get out and vote. Jared, let's start with you again. And again, we'll sort of pull Christian in as well. Why is CASA running a Get Out the Vote campaign? Yeah, so that's a great question, Jody. Uh, I think we can really boil it down to uh, three main reasons why CASA runs a Get Out the Vote campaign. And, uh, you know, just for folks listening at home, uh, a Get Out the Vote campaign is really just designed to encourage and inspire voters to vote in an upcoming election. So as the Canadian Alliance of Student Associations, we're obviously... Uh, directly looking to encourage students and inspire students to vote. Uh, We know that obviously we fight for student issues on a day-to-day basis with the federal government. 
and uh, by encouraging students to vote. That is one of the uh, easiest ways to kind of build our cachet and uh, raise our voice in Ottawa uh, and to kind of show the power of the student vote. Um, but again, if I could just uh, step back and boil it down to three main reasons. Um, we need to really focus on ensuring that post-secondary students have the information they need to vote, uh, whether they are living at home, living on campus in residence, or off campus in a rental property. Now, I know that AUSU is a bit of a special case in this respect as a, as a fantastic uh, virtual first uh, institution, uh, but for the majority of students across the country, they're, they're still you know, on or around their campus, right? Uh, and there are a lot of um, issues related to, you know, do you have the right address? You're, you're mostly living in a temporary address a lot of the time. So do your IDs kind of uh, corroborate where you're currently living? Uh, so to that end, providing good information to students where they are about when they need to vote, why they need to vote and how they can vote. Uh, that's a super uh, important re uh, reason why we run this Get Out the Vote campaign. Um, but the second one is that we need to demonstrate to politicians that the student voice matters and that we care about issues and that we want them to work for us. Um, and so what does that do? Um, you know, by more students voting, we're more likely to get candidates elected that uh, have more positive policies uh, that affect students. So we are then able to advocate on behalf of our students in a more effective manner. And it just keeps building over time and just adds to the student movement, uh, whereby you know, we have students voting for specific issues and you know, those issues may in fact get implemented if, if uh, enough students vote to a high enough degree where you know, the candidates that are fighting for these issues get elected. Uh, and then the third and final reason I just say is, uh, you know, it, uh, running a get out the vote campaign on your campus allows uh, local uh, student unions and student associations to uh, kind of uh, make the student body aware of the advocacy work that CASA does uh, 365 days a year. Uh, you know, CASA uh, isn't, uh, you know, a brand name that people innately recognize across Canada as, oh, they're, they're the student group. Uh, we're a bit we're a bit more low key, so you know, uh, get out the vote campaign is one of the main uh, kind of functions on campus that we're able to kind of raise our profile, and you're able to demonstrate uh, to your student bodies, um, you know, why being part of an advocacy alliance such as CASA is is so important for local student unions like yourselves. Yeah, exactly. Thanks for that. Um, Christian, I want to give you an opportunity to kind of chime in on on maybe why the Get Out the Vote campaign is important. But I also want to just maybe add one more thing for you, which is um, sometimes there's a perception that students and, and maybe even young people in general don't vote. Uh, is that true? And, and so I'll, I'll maybe just throw that added question at you specifically. No, yeah. Thank you, Jody. <clears throat> no, yes. Thank you for the uh, question. So you know, one of the one of my favorite expressions in, in sports is that the stats don't don't lie. And you look back at the data in, in 2019, and uh, voter turnout um, in that election was around 64 percent, and the youth voter turnout was 54 percent, while the seniors voter turnout was um, 79 percent. You know, basically 80 percent. So when you ask me that question, and one like in terms of that perception, one would say yes that 
it feels like generally young people don't vote. But in defense of young people, and in defense of the the campaigns that CASA and you know many others have done towards like um, voter mobilization, in 2011, youth voter turnout was 38 percent, and then in 2015 it was 57 percent. It dropped down a little this year, as I said, 54 percent. But it shows that like there's a steady climb, and we hope that number continues to increase in this election and in the future. So while historically there's been a trend that youth didn't vote, I think we're seeing the reverse of that. It's been climbing back up again, thanks to the efforts of, you know, I don't want to give complete all credit to CASA, but, you know, thanks to the efforts such as like organizations as CASA or Apathy is Boring or folks and Canadians out there that are doing their best to make sure that, that youth vote. So these, these are why these campaigns are important. And like, we we'll hope that we continue to do them. We hope we can provide students with the information and opportunity to like decrease to their barriers to, to voting. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think that historically, uh, those numbers do uh, speak volumes to what has been happening recently. And and again, to your point, recently isn't necessarily months ago, it's more years ago. Um, and I think if you were to look back on the last uh, couple camp, uh, excuse me, the last couple elections, you can start to see that students are very much taking a lot of pride in in making sure that that voice is being heard. Um, Duncan, I want to come to you momentarily. And obviously we know that here at AUSU, the, the average age of, of our students are closer to 30 under, uh, in the undergraduate world here. Mm-hmm. Um, when you think of that question and that perception of, you know, whether students, uh, don't vote, how would you apply that to the AUSU environment? And, and I don't know if the age, uh, you know, changes that answer, but, when you think about AUSU, you know, are we voting? Is, you know, does that matter? You know, when I think about that question, I internalize it to, to our own student body. I think a bit about, I mean, we all wear multiple different hats in our lives. Some people are parents. Some people are are taking care of their parents. Some people are studying. Some people are in the workforce. And, and our AU student body is far more likely to be wearing multiple hats compared to a, a traditional brick-and-mortar institution. What I want is, uh, obviously, I want all of our students to vote. And if you're listening to my voice now and you don't have a plan on September 20th on how you're going to get to the polls and cast your ballot, please do so. I also want them to remember that, you know what? Politics doesn't just have an impact on your taxes. doesn't just have an impact on your healthcare policy. It matters to your experience at Athabasca University as well. So remember that hat when you're going into a polling booth every bit as much as those other hats. And that said, more important than anything else, I want you to get out and vote. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, Christian, I'm going to bring you into the next one here. And then, Jared, feel free to chime in as well. Um, Speaking from a post-secondary education perspective, do you think that post-secondary education will be a major issue in the election campaign and uh, potentially why? Well, I think it has to be, Jody. Students are, are coming out of this pandemic are, I think are more politically active. They're they're paying attention to their federal or provincial or municipal leaders and are asking more whether it's, you know, ways to reduce um, barriers of access to education. So there are more calls to increasing our student financial aid, more conversations about mental health and its impacts on campus, especially as people are going back up to this fall on campus and are anxious about, you know, returning and the possibility of a fourth wave. Like these are the many issues that, um, 
students are worried about and they're looking towards like our leaders to help address those concerns and you know alleviate um, their suffering even way back at the peak of the pandemic we know remote le remote learning became a very popular a very popular uh, platform for for learning and that brought about the conversation of high-speed internet or rural access to high-speed internet in the quest of searching for a vaccine you know we talked about more funding for for research for grad students and polytechnics and so like these are the the massive issues i think that federal leaders have to address especially if they're looking for that that youth vote or that student vote our vision at CAS is that you know Canada should achieve um, an accessible and affordable and high quality post secondary education system, and you know we do this through like policy driven and research driven um, uh, research to develop our, our policies, and we hope that you know through our advocacy work and through the things we've done in the past, that politicians can look at these suggestions and look at these policy suggestions and and take that, and hopefully whatever they see along the campaign trail, uh, once they get elected, they actually. That. And Jared and Duncan, I would love to get your thoughts on this as well of, you know, sort of from that post-secondary education perspective. Uh, uh, Jared, feel free to jump in and, uh, and then Duncan kind of follow in if you like as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so just further to Christian's point, I, I agree with uh, Christian completely uh, um, as we as we often do. Um, but, you know, if I could just add a bit more color to that, uh, I think it's incredibly important uh, uh, that students vote in this election to show um, the candidates what matters to them. You know, uh, like Christian said, this pandemic has has raised a lot of new issues and it's exacerbated longstanding issues that CASA has been fighting on for years. So you think about student financial aid. Um, we were able to, uh, with the help of uh, other stakeholders uh, in the post-secondary education community, we were able to raise the Canada Student Grant. We were able to double that, um, but but we're still seeing that you know 88% uh, of students. This is according to some data that we actually commissioned with uh, Abacus Data back in May. 88% uh, of students say that uh, PSE. Um, was paid for differently by them this year because of COVID-19. Um, and 70% of students are saying that they have long-term financial impacts that they are very concerned about because of the pandemic. So we, we need to hear more from our leaders on these financial aid issues. But, you know, uh, students are more than, uh, students care about more than, you know, just uh, their their grants and loans today. And as much as that is of utmost importance to them, they also care about issues like climate change. They care about indigenous reconciliation. Um, uh, they, they are in dire need of more mental health supports as well. Um, yeah, and, then, yeah. and then for you folks at AUSU, uh, uh, specifically, I know uh, you folks care a lot about childcare and, you know, talking about those issues and making sure uh, candidates are, you know, in line with your ideology or your opinion on this issue is super important. And that's, that's again, just why voting and making sure you're voting for the candidate that uh, will do the most for you is, is of utmost importance in this election. Yeah, yeah. Dunk? I mean, I, I would agree with both my colleagues, obviously, and I would also add to that, like, post-secondary education is a broader topic than I think a lot of people give it credit for. Obviously, lots of Canadians care about climate change, but you're not going to succeed on that file without an educated workforce and 
technological innovation. How do you achieve those two things? Well, you achieve it with post-secondary education. How do you achieve reconciliation in our communities? Well, when education was used as a weapon against a people, you've got to look at those educational institutions and see how you can reform them to ensure that they're, they're leading to a good path rather than continuing to, to be a tool of colonialization. So yeah, I would part agree. Part of the solution, right? Exactly, exactly. And I, I think if we were to ask Canadians, uh, both students and non-students, like, you know, what is, what is your top issue? I don't know if they would all identify post-secondary education, but I can guarantee whether it's an economic recovery or climate change or something else, that their topic of most concern has a post-secondary angle to it and a role for the federal government to play in in making our post-secondary system stronger nationally. I could also just add to that, Jody, um, because Duncan brings up a great point and it got me thinking about like, like from the immigrant perspective, like there are a lot of Canadians who immigrated to Canada and have lived here and are citizens and can vote now too, in terms of how post-secondary affects them. I think for a lot of folks who immigrate to Canada, it's to give their, their children a better life. And one of those things is, you know, a better education. And many parents are, are saving up. Affordability has been a big topic for this election. And many parents are thinking about how they can support their their children throughout, you know, post-secondary. It's not the case for every, you know, student, but it, it for sure is a top of mind for, for parents. So even though we're talking from the perspective of like students as well, and like Duncan brought, like making it relatable to everyone in that sense, like, you know, folks who aren't in university or out of like college or, or polytechnics, like, it, it matters to them if they're trying to like, you know, push their kids and, and towards uh, post-secondary education or for folks who are like first generation students, like, you know, they're wanting to enter um, PSC, like these are like affordabilities at the top of mind for a lot of people. And like there, there are ways that even if it's not necessarily specifically addressing PSE issues, like we're talking about tuition, tuition, for example, comes up when we talk about PSE. And it's not the only cost that is accumulated one one is in university like there's textbook costs there's your rent there's food like food insecurity is a rising issue um across the country right so yeah, like, these exactly. are other issues that like candidates and parties can address that aren't necessarily in, like they're not directly tackling you know like the minutiae of pse but like they're still addressing some of those other issues that people go through while they're in post-secondary it matters just as much yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that. Great comments. And I think um, I'm going to pose this to the group. I don't want to single anybody out, but um, we just mentioned a, a really solid list of different topics that I think are going to be on the forefront of this election. Is there is there a feeling or maybe even a fear that this is going to end up being a COVID election or a vaccine election? I mean, I have no doubt that COVID uh, and the global health pandemic is on the top of mind of a lot of Canadians, certainly as a lot of students. It still represents a major part of what students reach out to AUSU to talk about how to get, you know, a course deferred or to talk about how their financial aid situation is going to work. It wouldn't shock me if that's um, an element when we look at, at going to the polls. But I'm also pretty confident that there are issues post pandemic Looking at what people are talking about so far in this election, it's not just about the present crisis. It's about what kind of community are we going to want post-crisis. Yeah, exactly. And maybe even for for Jared, if you wanted to chime in, I would even edit the question to be, you know, what does Get Out the Vote do to make sure that that those voices kind of cut through, you know, 
the COVID type of, you know, I, I, I guess what I'm thinking about here is, you know, if we're sitting here listening to a debate or if the, if the media is pushing certain things that the parties are looking at doing, I can't help but think that COVID is going to rise to the top. So how do you kind of fight through that to make sure that some of these issues are heard? Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And, you know, I think there's a limit to what we, uh, that what can be done right now to actually cut through the noise because yeah, COVID is such a dominant issue and it has been such a dominant issue since it came onto the scene in early 2020. And, you know, uh, nothing, nothing motivates people like an existential crisis, like, like a global pandemic. And, and, you know, yeah, true I, enough. I think that yeah, as much as other issues are, are still important and are obviously still uh, need to be debated, COVID hits everyone in so many different areas. Uh, and I think a lot of the knock-on issues that are being discussed right now, uh, as Christian and Duncan have both mentioned, you know, cost of living and affordability, a lot of these have been exacerbated by the COVID-19 pandemic. So uh, I, I don't think there's much avoiding um, the COVID lens uh, at, at this point, especially as we see cases start to rise with uh, the Delta variant, I think there's, it's just going to become uh, more and more COVID centric. And, uh, you know, but against that point, I think the narrative of this election has really been so far what people's plan for a post pandemic Canada looks like. And, you know, uh, we're seeing th uh, three, four, if you want to uh, include the uh, Greens, uh, we're seeing three diametrically opposed visions for how Canada will be organized and how Canada will uh, move forward past the pandemic from the Conservatives, Liberals and NDP. Um, you know, as much as COVID factors into that uh, assessment as much as COVID is uh, top of mind for most voters on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, I think most people uh, are still voting with an eye to the future and an eye to, uh, okay, so once COVID is passed, um, where do we go from here? Uh, and, you know, just this recovery narrative and, you know, making sure people aren't left behind uh, from the devastation that COVID has uh, ripped on uh, the Canadian economy and Canadian society over the last two years, uh, it's really important that, you know, voters factor that into their, their assessments of, uh, of who has the best vision for my future. And, you know, post-secondary education for a lot of folks is a major part of their future, whether it be going to school themselves, paying for their kids to go to school, or paying off their student loans. You know, there, there are... Uh, a variety of ways that um, everyone's day-to-day -day life, like Duncan has illustrated, really, you know, intersects with post-secondary education. So, uh, you know, by bringing it back to the 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 what is next uh, frame and looking past the immediate COVID uh, crisis, while I think that's going to dominate a lot of day-to-day -day discussion, uh, I think the parties are putting forth um, solid plans for what the post-COVID Canadian economy looks like. And, uh, you know, I think by weighing those visions, that's a way for, you know, students at least to kind of cut through the day-to-day -day noise, look at the platforms and assess, okay, who, 
who has the better vision, in my opinion, for what Canada is going to look like once we get through this crisis. So as much as the day-to-day media narrative is going to be COVID dominant, the parties do have platforms with the Liberal platform as we speak today on August 24th hasn't been released yet, but I expect it will soon. And uh, all three of those parties will be proposing suites of proposals that really do lay out a a post-COVID recovery vision for the country. Yeah, well said. And um, I can appreciate that perspective as well. I think um, let's pivot here slightly. And Christian, I want to come over to you and um, really, I want to get back to the Get Out the Vote campaign. This is such a, a cool opportunity for a lot of students associations and students unions to engage with their with their student members. Um, what should students expect to see? And uh, Christian, if, if anything, whether it's from the U of A's perspective or even just in general, a lot of the you know member delegates that are members of CASA, uh, what can students expect to see on those campuses? And Duncan, I might come to you after that and we can talk a little bit about what AUSU students can expect to see from a get out the vote um, uh, perspective. So sure. Christian, we'll give you the floor first. Forums, like hosting debates or forums with the candidates. And, you know, if you believe you have an, an issue that you want to stress that it's not COVID or vaccine related, um, you know, these forums are a perfect opportunity to, to do just that. So these are some of the, I think you'll um, start to see across some of the CASA member delegate campuses. And here at UAS, you were hoping to plan a forum for the Edmonton Strathcona candidates. And, you know, these are the ways we think that yes, COVID, COVID medicine topics of national matter, but I think students can also bring in um, other, other, you know, topics of discussion, like we mentioned, whether it's mental health or student aid or affordable housing. So those are some of the events. I think you'll probably find the two, like other member, I can't speak for like every, you know, member, all of membership, but I think membership are planning just fun um, events, just get people to just like um, register to be reminded to vote. Um, other, you know, techniques such as just like volunteers going around and helping people, you know, get out. Um, also just educating folks on like how to vote by mail. I know that's um, probably going to be a very big one this year for a lot of students or just Canadians. Yeah, I think so too. So that's going to be one way. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. A lot of voter education. So like, yeah, forums, events, um, watch parties, like, you know, on the night of election, I think these are some of the ways you'll see um, membership try to engage with their students uh, this fall. And Duncan, what's happening here at AUSU? Uh, I know that we've got a, a really solid plan and, and really mm-hmm. hoping to engage with AUSU students. Um, and I'm just going to use you to sort of sort of highlight a few of those things, if you would. Yeah, you know, every every time we do something at AUSU, it, it has to be a little bit different than and then that traditional brick and mortar university. It's it's more challenging for us to do things like a candidate forum, uh, mostly because our students live in almost. I don't think we live in every single, we might live in every single writing. There may be an AU. There's a good chance. There's, There's a, a decent chance. chance, right? And and certainly we have <laughs> yeah. students in every single province and every single territory. So it makes it hard to have like, let's have a local candidates debate. Well, what's local to us? And it's as true in Charlottetown as it is in Vancouver. So we're holding a series of contests. Uh, first one is every student who pledges to vote at getoutthevote.ca and is an AUSU student, you're immediately entered in to win 
uh, a series of great prizes, including some Apple AirPods, some swag packs, and some Amazon gift cards. We're also looking for students to share and tag us in um, promoting why they're voting. And now this isn't partisan. We're not looking for people to post on why they're voting for candidate X or candidate Y, but just why voting is important to them. Same, mm -hmm. all those students who do that are going to get entered into a contest. And we've got a bunch of events. Um, and so we also hosted um, an AUS Unites election edition trivia party and a leader's watch party immediately after that on September 9th. And that was great. Uh, lots of students came out, learned a little bit and had a ton of fun watching the leaders debate and, uh, you know, picking up on all those common cues that that's that leader politicians do during during those debates. We're hosting a, a Facebook live with um, our administration, uh, our vice president, university relations, Christine Williamson. So she works for the university itself, not the students' union. Her and our VP external, Karen Fletcher, are going to talk a little bit about how important democracy is to to a modern uh, university and, and how elections play out at, uh, on campus, even on a virtual campus. And um, I'm going to host a, a drop-in session where you can ask me anything, uh, specifically, hopefully, mostly about... Uh, how to vote, but you know what? You could you could come and ask me anything, and I would still chance chances are I'd answer. And that's also on September thirteenth. So we've and and all of these events we have, we also have some door prizes and and some opportunities to 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 win um, prizes as well. I'm sure that this is no shock necessarily to Christian and Jared. Uh, when you're a distance university, prizes are a take the place of food at a, a traditional brick and mortar institution of getting students in the door but we're far more focused on getting that information out to the the students who who participate yeah thanks duncan and believe me there's many times i wish we could throw out pizza and and make it fun like that uh, a little bit more difficult over here and uh thanks for highlighting that and highlighting some of those fantastic events um We've been talking about it, but I just want to hit it home a little bit as well right now, which is how to vote. What do I need to bring when I go to vote on September 20th? And Jared, maybe I'll come over to you to start on this one. Um, how do I find out where to vote? Uh, where can I get information? Um, do I need to register to vote? Okay, yeah, well, there's, there's, a, there's a few questions in there, so I'll, I'll take them uh... I'll take them separately uh, one by one here, but it kind of felt I like do... a, it kind of felt like a rapid fire of questions. <laughs> didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, all great questions. And, and honestly, these can all be answered uh, on getoutthevote.ca, which is the website that CASA is uh, running as, um, as the kind of focal point of our national get out the vote campaign. As Duncan mentioned, that's where uh, folks could, go to possibly win some of those prizes he was mentioning to uh, pledge to and uh, pledge to vote and you will receive reminders around when to vote as well. So uh, there's a little form on the website you just fill out what school you go to and then there's a little drop down that asks how do you plan to vote. And so if you want to vote by mail this year, just because of, you know, COVID-19 and wanting to not physically enter a polling station, or if you have any accessibility reasons as to why you would like to, you know, vote from your home instead of going to a polling station, we will provide you notifications about, you know, when to make sure you, you've applied for your ballot, when to make sure you sent it in by. Uh, and we'll be doing similar things for anyone who wants to vote by advance poll, uh, vote in person on election day, as well as for anyone who wants to vote at, a, at an Elections Canada office, because you can do that too. Uh, I don't think it's a very popular option, but uh, that is a possibility. And, you know, 
Uh, for anyone who pledges to vote on the getoutthevote.ca website, uh, they will get reminders to vote uh, throughout the course of the RIP period. Um, but in terms of what you need to vote, uh, it's really just about registration and identification. Uh, and actually 96% of the Canadian population is already registered to vote. So registration is really just making sure Elections Canada has your current address. So uh, for anyone who wants to you yeah. know, make sure they're registered properly, uh, I direct them to elections.ca. Uh, you can go there uh, you know, whenever you're ready, but I would recommend doing it as soon as possible at this point. Um, to uh, get on that website and make sure uh, your registration is correct. But if you don't get the time or you forget to do this, that's, that's no problem. You can actually register when you arrive at a polling station in person. It'll take probably, you know, three to five more minutes to go through the whole process. Um, but it's, it's available there to do. So you can just show up to a polling station on election day or at advanced polls and uh, register to vote there as long as you can show the proper identification, which leads me to the other question here about what ID you need. And there's, there's you know, three different kind of boxes you can fall into or buckets you can fall into. Um, and the easiest one for people who have a government issued ID that has uh, the, the address they want to vote in, um, you can just use that. You can literally show up at at a polling station and show something like your your uh, driver's license, which has you know your name, your address, a picture of you as well, uh, even though that's not necessary. But all you need to show is uh, one piece of specific government issued ID that has your name and your address. Uh, but if you don't have that, or you know this one is especially important for students, the second bucket. Um, who aren't currently living in the riding that, who, or, or who aren't currently living in uh, the address that's like on their driver's license. So for a lot of students, you know, uh, they, they move to school, but they don't change their permanent residence. And that's still fine. All you need to do is you have to bring two pieces of ID. Um, one must have your current address and they both must have your name. So you can use like a utility bill and your student ID card or your driver's license that has the wrong address, but you can also show a bank statement that has the right address. Um, so there are a lot of different kind of duos of these IDs that you can utilize. And I'm not going to list them here because I think there's probably upwards of 50, yeah, um, but yeah. you can go on getoutthevote.ca and uh, there is a, there is a big list that you can kind of cross-reference to make sure you have the IDs that uh, Elections Canada will take at the polling stations. And then there's a third bucket. And this is if you do not have ID, um, if, if for, for some chance that you don't have an ability to uh, uh, show your address and your name in either of these two previous buckets, you can have someone vouch for you at a polling station. This voucher has to have ID in one of those first two buckets to prove that they are also a voter in that same riding. But after they do so, they can vouch for you and say, I know this person, he or she or they live in uh, this riding and you can therefore vote based on their vo uh, them vouching for you. Uh, That's interesting. Now, That's actually yeah. a new one for me. I don't, yeah. I don't know if I heard that before. 
it's it, it's you know it's it's not used nearly as much as the first two buckets, but it's there as an accessibility measure for people who might not have the relevant yeah. ID that they require. Uh, but just one caveat on this is that a voucher can only vouch for one other person. So uh, you can't have a voucher. You just can't have their own lineup of people. Yeah, you are... can't have a voucher bringing in a dozen people and just saying that he lives here, she lives here, they live yeah. here. Yeah, they can't do that. Only one person per voucher. But there is that opportunity if you're struggling to find the proper ID in either of those first two buckets. Love it. Love it. Duncan, I remember I've gone to vote before. and yeah. I, I would like, hope, sir. It's like, yes. And there's like the long lineup and then there's the short lineup. Mm-hmm. Does registering to vote get me into that short lineup? Usually, almost certainly. Like, I mean, if you're registered to vote on, you know, well in advance of the election, you're probably going to get an election card in the mail and that's going to tell you where your polling station is. But even the long lineup doesn't suck. I, I think there's a perception, probably because we watch a lot of American media, that voting is going to take up so much time and it's going to be so painful. It's like, the you know the the drivers uh, getting your driver's license times ten when for for most the vast majority of Canadians it's a quick and simple process. Um, I think most I mean Elections Canada spends an obsessive amount of time to try and lower the amount of time it takes for from getting in the door at, at a polling station to when you've left having succeeded at at casting your ballot and those times are are more than reasonable. Uh, certainly less time than it takes to go to a grocery store. So I think we want to emphasize here that voting isn't just something that's important for us to do to have a voice in our community. It's also remarkably easy in Canada. And yeah, you can take steps to, to make sure that you're in the short line, as it were. But at the same time, I would never be afraid of going in that long line. It goes a lot faster than I think a lot of people might think. Yeah, exactly. Um, Christian, I'm going to come over to you and we were talking a little bit about accessibility and, you know, the fact that here we are even talking about mail-in voting, which which feels so like the 1980s. But, you know, are are more people expected to vote by mail this year? Um, I, I saw some stats where they're talking like maybe upwards of two to three million Canadians may, might be voting by special ballot now. And um, I guess just speaking about accessibility and you know, this, this opportunity to, to do mail-in votes. Do you think it's, you know, are more people expected to vote by mail this year? If I'd be 100% honest with you, I, I wouldn't know. Like, wherever you got those stats, I'm sure probably more true than what I'm about to tell you. I The feeling I get from students I've, I've talked to and other folks I've talked to is that it it's probably is going to be a more popular option just because, again, that fear of that, fourth wave I know for example here in Alberta everything's like opened up completely so there might be that anxiety to still like go actually and vote in person but I also know like from the student perspective like you know going back to like civics 101 here but like I think people realize that you know when we're voting we're voting for like a particular person in, in a riding right so there might be a student who's like this fall might be living in Edmonton but let's say they're you know they're from Nova Scotia and they, they particularly probably want to vote for uh their, their candidate in, in Nova Scotia or in a riding in Nova Scotia because that's what they believe in you know the most accessible option for them is probably you know voting by mail or those advanced voting options so yeah, I, I I don't know. Like I haven't had time to like look at those stats and and, and see whether it's going to be the like like as large as we saw in like the 2020 election down south. Uh, but I think it is going to be 
definitely in demand. Yeah, and I think now that, uh, and I believe it's already been announced that uh, Election Canada will not be bringing on uh, polling stations onto campuses and such uh, for those brick and mortar schools. So I think maybe accessibility is is a piece of this, and and I think that mail in vote might be popular for those that are uh, maybe looking for that alternative way of being able to submit their votes. So Duncan, I just want to come back to you real quick as we start to wrap up our podcast here. This has been a fantastic conversation. I I really appreciate uh, all of you bringing your expertise to the table here. Um, Specifically looking at Athabasca University students, um, you know, and and we're proud to be able to talk about that the fact that we have students that are in every province and every territory in Canada, Mm -hmm. uh, which is impressive. you know, where can you point students to learn more about the election and the different parties uh, that is as true for a student in Newfoundland as it is for <laughs> someone who lives in British Columbia, for instance? I mean, I, I would I would begin by pointing out a couple of spots you can go to. Um, I, I would say traditional mainstream media websites offer comprehensive election coverage. And I, I would have no problem suggesting, like, take a look at CBC. They'll have a comprehensive election page and they'll track what the leaders have said over the course of the campaign. And, you know, you're going to need to bring a healthy dose of skepticism to everything you read. That's true. Uh, I mean, we, we've been talking about how that's true in elections for, for a while now. And I would also go straight to the horse's mouth in terms of going to the individual parties and checking out what they say on their on their websites and take a look at all of them. You don't need to, to, to just go visit the one that's your favorite as well. I wouldn't be afraid to reach out to the individual candidates that are running in your riding. Uh, Canada's political system is such that you're going to be not electing Justin Trudeau or Aaron O'Toole or, uh, Jagmeet Singh, you're going to be electing your MP who's going to represent you in Ottawa, regardless of what partisan stripe you are and what they are, they're still there as your representative. I, w- I would say don't hesitate to reach out to all of the candidates in your riding, learn a little bit about them, learn a little bit about what they want to bring to Ottawa on your behalf. Thanks a lot, gentlemen. You guys absolutely nailed it here and uh, so much good information. Uh, I really want to appreciate uh, the time for uh, Christian Fotang, who is again is the director of advocacy at CASA, and but is also the VP external at the University of Alberta Students Union, and also uh, for Jared Maltez, who is the government and stakeholder relations officer uh, at CASA, which is the Canadian Alliance of Student Associations here in Canada, uh, and of course Duncan, always great to have you mm-hmm. on the podcast here. Oh, thanks for having us, Jody. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for, uh, you know, letting us talk about such uh, an important campaign. Yeah, thank you so much, Jody. Very happy to be here and talk about this. Well, it was absolutely fantastic to have you guys on our podcast here with AUSU Open Mic. You know, this is a big deal. And I think this is definitely a campaign that everybody can get on board with. Uh, Get Out the Vote is going to be something that AU students are going to be seeing, whether it's through our social media channels, through our newsletter, or other different uh, events and programs and services that we offer. So definitely stay tuned. If you have any questions, guess what? We have a campaign where you can ask questions and have those posed. And of course, it's going to be our uh, resident expert, Duncan, who's going to be helping you out with those. So uh, (laughs) definitely feel free to reach out. The other thing that we don't do is tell you how to vote. And, um, you know, each candidate has uh, different ideas about what is important, uh, whether it's about how to spend our tax money, how to solve problems. Uh, We talked about COVID today. And as a student, you're going to need to decide what is important to you and what you think is best for Canada. 
uh, then you need to find out which candidates and which political party you agree with most. Duncan mentioned this earlier, and I'll just highlight it one more time. You can also find out more about what candidates uh, think and what their parties think about issues by either phoning their election offices or visiting their websites. You can find out uh, contact information and their website addresses for all registered political parties in Canada on the Elections Canada website. So lots of information out there, lots of ways to get informed. And I think at the end of the day, that's what Get Out the Vote is really about, right? It's about getting everybody informed. And I'm sure you guys would probably agree with that. I do. Absolutely. 100%. Well, this has been fantastic conversation. Uh, again, thanks a lot for joining us here today. We had Christian, Jared, Duncan, all the best. And uh, we'll see you at the voting polls. And uh, for all the AUSU listeners out there, thanks for joining us on another episode of AUSU Open Mic. Thanks a lot and have a good one.